Hello and welcome to episode 195 of the Codex Prime podcast for Tuesday, March 10th, 2020. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's going on, everybody? That's right, y'all. We are back uh, once again, 195, which means we are five episodes away from episode 200, man. Still don't know what we do. <laughs> nope. We'll figure it out. Uh... We'll figure it out like the week before or something. Odds are that will <laughs> probably happen. Yeah, I'm not too worried. Uh, we'll we'll have something planned. Um, 200 episodes. Who who knew that we were about to, we were, were going to make it this far? I know, right? Yeah, I mean, because I, I think I think back to uh, three years ago when uh, uh, Maurice and Aris left the show in episode 71. I didn't even remember the number of the episodes. I thought I knew it was in the 70s. Yeah, it was episode 71. It was Sequelitis. Um, that was the title of the episode. And yeah, that's pretty much all I remember. But uh, we are here once again. Uh, we have a few things to talk about. Um, nothing in the way of a main topic, but we do have some things to bring to the table nonetheless. Um, if you're joining us in the chat, um, as per usual, you can always drop a comment or two as we're uh, chopping it up about various topics that have uh, gotten our attention this past week. Um, yeah, how, how have things been on your end, Carl? I'm cool. I can't, can't complain at all. I'm living. Ah, yeah, that's good, man. That's what's up. Yeah, same here. Just been really busy um, with, with stuff. But, um, you know, just, just taking it easy, you know, just uh, catching up on books and whatnot, some movies. Damn Codex Literary Challenge. <laughs> yeah, the Codex. Got me, ru- ru- got me rushing and shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Speaking of the Codex uh, Prime Literary Challenge, I actually finished one book uh, uh, last week, and I posted it on our Facebook uh, page. And that book I finished was The Color of Law, which is a nonfiction book by Richard Rothstein. And this is an excellent read. It's a lot of pinpoints and a lot of notes you got there. Oh, it's a lot of tabs. Yeah, when it comes to like nonfiction books, like I, I tend to tab a lot of pages. Like if there's like certain facts that jump out to me yeah. or, or stuff that I want to revisit. Um, I tend to do that for like nonfiction books. And this one is an excellent read. Like this one I highly recommend. Um, it talks about, it, it gives like a, comprehensive breakdown of like the history of um redlining and um how how federal and local state housing policies have basically pushed out uh uh, black families into like the ghettos and the margins and how and how nowadays like if you if you think about like decades upon decades of where you know white families have gotten like the choice like single family suburban homes and how they've appreciated and valued since like the maybe the 20s up to now and combine that with the fact that a lot of black families have been pushed out of, of even getting those opportunities to buy those homes, like the the wealth, the, the income, the income inequality, the disparity is like basic, basically permanent. And and like there's a whole bunch of reasons why that is like you talk about the history of like racial zoning laws, um, redlining, um, you have like uh uh, tax exemptions from like churches and hospitals and how they've been incentivized by like uh, real estate agents and like neighborhoods to create these like restrictive covenants to like not only push out black families no matter how much money they were they were making even if they could afford to live in the suburbs they were like nope we don't want your money they, they there were even many instances where even cops would either would actively participate in like the 
the violence as well, like going up to people's homes, burning crosses, throwing stones through through people's homes, black people's homes, if they had the nerve to buy a home in a, in a white neighborhood. And then it talks about like, um, uh, like the housing projects and how that's been a, a symbol of systemic racism to this day. Like for example, um, if you look up, if you look up um, the Pruitt Ego uh, projects, um, that's like the most infamous example of like how this housing project became just like turned into like complete squalor because you move in a, bu a bunch of like low income families. They don't have any opportunities to actually make good money to to move forward in life, and it's like dog eat dog. And yeah, like it's it's a whole it's a whole history of how like how the federal government segregated America and how to this day, like we still have the same issues that we had all the way back in the '40s and '50s. It's like so, yeah, this is an excellent read. And like, if anybody tries to fix their mouth, they'll be like, "Oh, well, these these black neighborhoods, oh, they're 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 filthy. They're they're full of squalor. Well, why that is? These people don't know how to act. These people don't know how to lift themselves by their bootstraps. Yeah, well, it's because the fucking federal government <laughs> made made it made it a permanent thing, keeping keeping black people into a, into a permanent underclass. And in unfortunately, in this country, the fastest way to build wealth legally is through housing." You know, you buy a house, you rent, or you can rent it out, or like mortgage it, flip it, flip it on the market, buy another one. That's the fastest way to build wealth. And unfortunately, a lot of black families can't do that. And yeah, and this book, and this book breaks it all the way down in such a comprehensive fashion. Like when I read this, I was furious, but I was really glad that I I learned a lot of stuff that I didn't know about. So, people, please give this a read. This came out in 2018, "The Color of Law" by Richard Rothstein. Um, one of the most essential books of the last few years. I would put this up there with uh, Michelle Alexander's 2011 book, The New Jim Crow, which breaks down mass incarceration. So, yo, check this out. Like, so, yeah. uh, just out of curiosity, like you have, you know, you have your tabs in there. What's the difference between the blue and the purple? Um, just like different chapters. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that way it's not like just like one big, uh, you know, like mushy pea, if oh. you will. Yeah, so like I just like any facts that kind of stand out to me, I kind of tab. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, definitely an excellent, excellent book. Um, let's see, we've got some commenters here. Uh, Kyle asks, "What's the bet?" We'll get to that in a second. Yeah, we will. I um, need, <laughs> I need the whole UWO in the chat mm -hmm. because I got a story for you guys. Okay, indeed. And uh, Imani Penn is in the chat as well uh she says that she also loves the book the color of law she also recommends the original black elite and the color of money black banks and the racial wealth gap i heard of that book actually i'm gonna i'm gonna add that to the reading list as well so yeah that was the uh that was the first book i've read in my codex prime literary challenge i've got two more um at this rate i am working through three uh short story collections so i might have at least one of those done by the end of the week um for for those of we 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 have yet to hear from other people uh, in the Codex Prime Literary Challenge. Hopefully, before the month is out, we'll have some people post a book or two. Uh, speaking of which, I know you got one book. Uh, I, I got my graphic novel out the way. Okay, so that's which is one. Earth. It's actually a pretty thick one. It's actually a pretty thick one. Earth X from 1999, written by uh, Jim Kruger and art by uh, John Paul Leon. Nice and. Um, it's a it's a um, it takes place in the uh, in the Marvel universe of Earth nine 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 seven, and so many things are just happening. Yeah, within this just this one book alone, mm -hmm. and it's the prequel to the fight. And it's the 
pre the prequel to the um the following stories universe x and then paradise x mm-hmm. it was a very fun read like i said there's a lot going on like you have iwatu the watcher who's um who becomes blinded because Black Boat releases a Terrigan mist in mm. the Earth's atmosphere and where inhumans will not suffer persecution because of the simple fact that everybody has powers now. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, you know, like, the Red Skull, you know, the um, the Red Skull gets killed and Captain America just leaves the Avengers because he feels like he's not like he feels unfit to be part of the team the Fantastic Four get killed off well some of them Mm -hmm. Uh, Sue Richards yeah Sue Richards and um, Johnny Storm get killed you know they get killed Mm -hmm. so Reed goes into his massive depression where he actually doms like the Doctor Doom suit Tony Mm -hmm. Stark is like an extra old man but he's like still has the arc reactor and he's basically just like making you know coming up with inventions to like help basically like to help mm-hmm. humanity but yet we need we still need like the iron man himself but he's just like out of it mm-hmm. there's so many um so many factors uatu's actually dying so he grabs x51 also known as the machine man to become the new watcher mm-hmm. but the what but Machine Man sitting there like, yo, how can you just sit there and just watch everything that's going on and not do anything about it? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, that's just the job of the watcher. You just sit there and watch. Mm-hmm. And there's just much, so many, and there's just more to that. I read it. Mm, okay. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I know that's part of a series, right? There's Earth X, Universe X. And then Paradise X. Paradise X, okay. Yeah, I got all, I got the other two for a Christmas gift, but mm-hmm. I had to get that one first. Yeah. So I started that one, but I was starting that one, and I was going to read the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Then you started this literary challenge. So I'm like, ah, damn it. <laughs> I, can't do, I, I, I can't do them all straight. Yeah, well, you... So you'll, you'll I got ahead. one. Let me take a break. Yeah. My my girl challenged me to read the first Harry Potter book. Oh, and the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Sorcerer Stone. Stone. So I started that last night, but I was already, I was already tired, to, you know, working my overnight. So I'm like, mm-hmm. made it probably like to page five, and it just couldn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't do it. So that's my next book. That's my next book. Okay. And did you post uh, Earth X? I did. Okay. I did. I posted it on my social medias. Okay. Cool. Yeah, that's what's up, man. Yeah, so that's one book down. Hopefully, we'll hear from other peeps. Yeah, Fermi was like, yo, so, so Fermi hit me up. was like, yo, so Vic's handing out homework assignments now. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, 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 yeah, yeah. Well, for, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Fermi's not one for uh, challenges that tax his brain. So, you know. He reads a lot, actually. Reads, what, comics? No. No, he. I don't even think he owns any. Hmm. Well, any comics like I know every time like whenever a new Dan Brown book comes up, he's like, "Yo, the new Dan Brown's out. Get it." <laughs> well, I mean, if uh, if that's the case, then this challenge should not be a problem for him. No, nah, it won't. You heard? You hear that, Furman? Yeah, you don't even watch the show. Who cares? But <laughs> he's on the chat right now. <laughs> oh, is he now? Yeah, he was. Oh, well. Oh, Brian. Brian's there now. We just need Eddie in the chat. Okay. So, uh, oh, Imani asks, what is the literary challenge? Take it away, Vic. <clears throat> well, uh, well, good. that's a good question, Imani. Um, the Codex Prime Literary Challenge, uh, you can find the details on our Facebook page, but the challenge essentially is you get to read 
um, up to three books or at least three books by March 31st of the uh, by, uh, by 11.59 p.m. So you can be down to the wire, but as long as you read at least three books by March 31st, then you will, you will have met the challenge. Now, um, with this challenge, you can read a graphic novel or a trade paperback, but you can only read one. You, if you read all, if you read just three graphic novels, it'd be way too easy. So you can read one graphic novel or trade paperback. Um, you can uh, listen to audiobooks; they are accepted in the challenge. Um, comic books, like single issue comic books and magazines, of course, they are not permitted in the challenge as well. So think of three books you want to read uh, this month, and if you can, and as and as you read them, be sure to post uh, the books on your social media page of choice. And with, with the hashtag Codex Prime Literary Challenge, and uh, t- be sure to tag Codex Prime in, and yeah, you can just show you can share what you've read this month, and it'd be cool. So that's the literary challenge right there. At least three books you can read more than three by March thirty first. Yeah, I'm, I know for a fact I'm gonna make it down to the wire. <laughs> I know, I I am like um. I just know I am. I mean, I mean, the Harry Potter, like the, the Sorcerer's Stone, is a good book. Yeah, it's very short. Like I, yeah, it's very short compared to the other ones. Mm-hmm. But I just, I just kind of know it. I, I just know that I am. I'm definitely trying. Definitely gonna try. Yeah, and plus, like, there's plenty of uh, good, interesting um, wrestling autobiographies too. Yeah, yeah, I've read, but I, yeah, I've read a lot of those. Yeah, already, like Brett's. Uh, Ted DiBiase's, uh, the WWE published uh, Shawn Michaels one. Mm-hmm. That's because my cousin, got, my cousin got it from his school library. Yeah, he never returned it. Oh <laughs> it's God. just still sitting <laughs> in the shelf. Nice. Fucking, oh, I got Shawn Michaels' book for free. Hey, there you go. <laughs> nah. Um, there was another one. That Brian Alvarez book. Mm-hmm. I know there was another one I read too, and I just cannot. Think. Oh, the Broken Hearts one by Martha Hart. Mm, yeah, but that, but that was a miserable read. It was annoying. Yeah, it just got annoying after the fact. It's like every time she mentioned wrestling, she just had to bad mouth it. And I'm just like, all right, mm. I get it. You hate it. Just tell the damn story. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. But um, but yeah, I know there's if if there's um. I've read a few uh, wrestler autobiographies myself, but there's one. Actually, no, there's two that I would love to read, and they would have to be completely unfiltered. One would be by The Undertaker. Yes, oh my God, I'm I, all for it. I would buy that post haste. And one, and this would be tough because I don't think we'll ever get an unfiltered version. One by Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon himself. But, definitely will not. Yeah, no. we, we, but we will unfiltered. N- no. Yeah, unfiltered autobiography like Vince McMahon sits down and writes himself. I don't think we'll ever get that. No, because even Brett wrote it. Even Brett wrote his own flaws. Yeah. Um, looking at the looking at the uh, comments here, uh, Kyle and Brian said that Eddie's at work, so you may, you may have to explain the bet in a moment. Um, John Haponix says Suicide Squad has an Oscar. Endgame does not. Endgame's still the better movie. True. To which I say, Black Panther has three. Not one, but two, but three. Suck it, hot John upon it. Yeah. And even The Joker, which was just a fine movie, it had two Oscars. Wow, you even, you down, you loved that movie. You just said a fine movie? No, I didn't love it. I thought it was fine. Like, Joaquin Phoenix's performance was good, but 
I thought it was a good movie. I thought people were like some fans were like overrating the hell out of it. Or uh, maybe because I remember you was pretty much raving it, but maybe you was just caught in the moment. I wasn't raving about it. I didn't think I was. Like I, I thought that there were a lot of good things about it. I, th- I thought that like the controversy about it like was way overblown. Being like, oh man, this is irresponsible to make a movie like this about a lonely white guy when you have like lonely white guys shooting up places in real life. Yeah, th- th- those those kind of criticisms. He shot three people. Yeah, but even even they had us two, three too many. Yeah, but but yeah, like I thought it was fine, but like I thought you know I, I think it's a good gateway film if you want to watch the films that inspired it, like Taxi Taxi Driver, yeah. or King of Comedy. Yeah, I knew I couldn't think of the second one. Did you buy Joker? Nah. Nah, I, I would I would watch it again though. I mean, if I like borrowed it from the library, I'd, I'd sit down and watch it. Um, let me see, Kyle. I mean, John says that Spring Break will save him. He will read a lot then. Good, good. Um, Brian Lopes has audiobooks for the win. He's got Eric Bischoff. Ooh, and the first Foley novel handy. Okay, okay. Um, let me see. Brian Lopes says that he has Joker and the new Harley Quinn. How do you have the new Harley Quinn movie? Uh, Don't worry about it. Just know that he got it. Go watch Birds of Prey. Watch Birds of Prey. That's a fun movie. Watch it in theaters, preferably, because you know you get the perfect picture quality and sound. Um, Wait, was there a post credit scene for that? I heard there was, but it was like a simple gag. It was nothing that nothing that built to anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much. Well, I have I do have a, c- a couple more things, but I know you. Ahead. Well, you had a bet that you wanted to get into uh, for uh, so for like a UWO. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, so I was telling my girl about the story about the bet. Okay. And I mentioned, she mentioned it was like, well, you know, your friends were supposed to do the drops. As in the wicked nightmare drops that I've done before, that I've done before, Ugh. that we have done. Mm. So I'm like, Vic and Eddie wouldn't do it. They're not going for that shit. Nah. They're not. Nope. So she says, "So you got? So you mean to tell me it's your friends? Your friends wouldn't do it, and I did it with no problem, and I have a vagina." So then her daughter just yells out. Carl, I thought your friends had balls. Oh, we're I was like, damn. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, I had to share this. So I'm like, you know what? Loser takes a drop. Mm. Let it sit in their mouth for one minute. Mm. And we do this at the beginning of the show. Mm. After that one minute, wash it down with White Claw. That's too much. That's excessive. That's cruel. It's, it's bad. It's that bad. Is it, it is cruel, bad. Listen, cruel and unusual punishment. I'm sure we all do worse. Or unless you guys want to settle for wrestling karaoke live, live on the joint podcast, winner gets to pick the song, and I got the perfect song in my mind. What's up? <laughs> that that is a perfect song right okay. there. Okay. Yes. Uh personally, I would go for the wrestling karaoke. Wrestling bet. karaoke? Yeah, cuz I'm not doing that drop shit to save my life. No. It's not that. Mm-mm. I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. 
eat the KFC donut sandwich. And I'm not eating that KFC donut sandwich either, man. That's just I don't need to do. I don't need to eat it again. My girl's nephew. My girl's nephew wants to eat that. You hear that, Miss D? Your your grandson wants to eat it. <laughs> and Kyle Chapman says that uh, uh, me and Brian sing all the damn time. So I guess they're down for wrestling karaoke. And I said you, and I said on the chat you'd be perfect on their show. You'd be perfect too. By the way, kudos on y'all's show too. Yeah, that y'all guys, you guys look great. Yeah, man, new camera and a smoother green screen. I love it. I love it. I mean, hey, I'm going. I'll go for the wrestling karaoke. Um, forget the nightmare collective drops. I'm not doing that. Wicked nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just not doing it because I'm not a Where's psychopath. Respect for Vig would be eating the Chick Fil A sandwich. I'd be. Fuck I got the perfect. I got the perfect song. If you guys, if the guys accept. I mean, listen. it's. <laughs> we need Eddie to accept. Yes, Eddie has to accept it because Eddie's been ducking bets. As if, if he you know does, that. he needs to cut that shit out. Yeah, take your L's like a man, sir. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for ducking the last few bets, man. He, sh- he we should. No, nah, he he manned up and he t- he said, it, you know, he said his piece because you know, mm-hmm. you know, he had to pretend to be a loyalist puppet and it did suck. Yeah, but they're glad. I'm sure they're glad it's over. Yeah. Um. Yes, John. That would be an uh, an equally worse bet. Uh, worse bet for me would be eating a Chick Fil A sandwich. <laughs> I'm, I w- I will never. Like I said before in the podcast, I will never eat one of those homophobic hate sandwiches ever. I refuse. It will never happen. I would rather eat a Wicked Nightmare drop than eat a Chick-fil-A sandwich. That is documented. It's documented, but I ain't going to do that shit. Do it. Oh my God, shit. I ain't doing that shit. Or maybe the or maybe a scorpion pepper peanut brittle. Oh, no, no. Trust me. It's not as bad as you think it is. <laughs> it, it's re- it really isn't. I even I'll even show you the video mm-hmm. of when Brian took it. It was warming up. He and then off camera, it took he took it worse. Mm-hmm. So then we tried it at home and we're just like, all right, yeah, we feel it, but that's it. Mm. Brian took it like a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's any milk nearby, then I'll be fine. I'd be fine. Uh, Ice cream is better. Ice is is it? Ice cream, yeah, ice cream is better. Oh, wow. the texture because it's thicker and it can absorb, and it's th- you know it's so thick and it's cold and it absorbs. Mm. Oh, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, you but. saw me in the video. I when I took the drop, took well, the baby took my ice cream that I put aside, mm-hmm. and <laughs> and then they just. I just took it away from her like I was an asshole with that when she started crying and everything. Oh. That was hilarious. You know me and Kyle <laughs> on whatever song we get, that's the sad part. That makes it all the better. Hey. Should we agree on that song? Yes, we'll agree on that song. Fives. Boom. Yeah, man. I, I and I think they'll be very pleased with the selection. Oh, I know they will. <laughs> I know they will. Oh yes. Oh, yes. So uh, just you wait. Um, oh, uh, what is the bet over, by the way? What's uh, what's the, what's on the line? Like, are we watching WrestleMania or? Oh, the usual NXT WrestleMania. Okay. The um, everybody makes individual picks. Gotcha. Yeah. Whoever gets the most picks, like say if I got the most picks mm-hmm. out of everybody, yeah. Codex wins. Okay. Kyle gets the most picks. Out of everybody, mm-hmm. UWO wins. Okay, I got you. 
Interesting, interesting. Um, you know, speaking of WrestleMania, uh, it's not a show I'm looking forward to, actually. It's really nothing that's, like, really grabbing me, except for that Rhea Ripley-Charlotte match. But everything, other than that, everything is just, like, mm. And plus, like, with the coronavirus floating around, you know Vince is not going to cancel WrestleMania 36. No, not at all. No, I heard that for the meet and greets, he's not going to, they're not going to have, like, the, like, no, they're not going to have, like, a no contact mm-hmm. order. So, like, say if you, like, meet somebody, you can't, like, you won't be able to, like, shake their hands or something. There's going to be a lot of masks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. That's, yeah, good luck with that, whoever's, uh. Just wash your damn hands. I know people. People don't think. Oh my God! I swear to God, Brian Braun Strowman better come out with a shirt that says "Wash your hands." Wash these, these hands. hands. <laughs> oh my God, he should. Yeah, that's dirt. Oh, Eddie's finally in. Okay. He just missed it. Come on, wrestling karaoke. You gotta just sign. You gotta co-sign to it. Yeah. You gotta man. accept. Wrestling karaoke. This brainstorming shit is pretty hard. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I'm all I'm all for wrestling karaoke. If I ain't giving up my comic collection, fuck you. Yeah, that's that's years. Yeah, that's gold right there, man. It's, it is just my hip hop collection alone. Mm. Oh, the hip hop covers. Yep. Yeah, I know you got a lot of those. Still working on them. Yeah, are they still making those? However, they stopped? no, they stopped. They were from like 2015 to 2017, but it's just mm. just when you think I'm so I'm close, it's just like. There's more that I I'm like sh- that I need, and I'm like fuck. Oh, do you know how many have been printed in total? I want to say like 167, but I actually found the most expensive one, and I, it just looks it, it just does not look like it will be seen. Mm. It's a Deadpool number two. Okay. And the tribute cover is. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I'm so mad about I'm so mad. <laughs> okay, so he's pulling up some Marvel hip-hop covers looking for Deadpool issue two. And it's nowhere to be found. To the, the, the album is To the Extreme by Vanilla Ice. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> let's, show that, let's show that to the people there. I know it's it, kind of low res, but. But, yeah. This is it. Go, Ninja. Go, Ninja. Go. And... The cheapest that I saw it not graded, yeah, it's two hundred and fifty dollars. No, nah, it ain't that serious. Uh, it, no, no, for two hundred fifty bucks. Yes. Nah, I'm good. I'm good with that. I mean, I'm just, I'm like heartbroken it because that's probably be the last one I need, and it's just like. Uh, if I like just magically shit out two hundred and fifty bucks, then <laughs> by all means it's happening. I mean, I will say like if you make a good salary, maybe I make some good extra money. Yeah. Like, if I get a good slew of DJ gigs, mm-hmm. hey, there you go. I mean, that's that's a that'll be a justifiable expense then. Um, but yeah, man, and it's a it's a fitting cover too, like Deadpool, Vanilla Ice, yeah. I'm surprised he hasn't used Vanilla Ice in, in either movie. Just like as, a, as a gag. I mean, he's got DMX, Salt and Pepper. Oh. What was the lead single for the soundtrack to Deadpool 2? Oh, man, I forgot, to be honest. Ashes by Celine Dion. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she did sing the, th- the theme song. <laughs> so that's a, that's actually pretty much fitting. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh man, but uh, but yeah. Speaking of wrestling, um, before before the podcast, I actually sat down and watched a Stardom, a Stardom Wrestling's uh, No People Gate uh, show from Kurokin Hall in Tokyo, Japan, which took place on March March eighth. Um, this was an empty arena show uh, by Stardom. Stardom, if you don't know, it's a Japanese all women's wrestling promotion. Um, it's where Io Shirai and Kairi Sane, and I believe Asuka, Asuka was there too, uh, you know, uh, uh, put their stamp, uh, made their made their names known in the business. Um, this was a pretty cool show. Um, Jushin Thunder Liger was on commentary. Uh, it, there were five matches. And it was actually a pretty cool. It was a pretty good set of matches. It was a, it was actually a pretty good introduction to Stardom, because um, uh, they have the, they actually have their own network which you can subscribe to. It's like eight bucks and change per month. Um, I'm actually thinking about it. Uh, let's see. There were five matches on the card. There was like a time difference battle royal, uh, which uh, which uh, with a few of the stars, um, where a super strong Starlight Machine, uh, yeah, that's her name. She won. She won that. Um, there was also a singles match between Natsuko Tora, who defeated Super Strong Starlight Machine right afterwards. Uh, there was a tag team match between the Tokyo Cyber Squad. Uh, Jungle, Jungle Kiona and Hana Kimura defeated Donna Del Mondo, Julia, and Micah, uh, the current Artist of Stardom uh, tag team champions. Um, Artist of Stardom, that's like the six women tag team championship. Um, then there was the Goddess of Stardom Championship, which is the name, which is the name of their uh, two-woman tag team belts, the regular mm-hmm. tag team belts, in which the uh, current tag team champions, Edo, Edo Tai, which consists of the top gaijin, B Priestley, and Jamie Hayter, uh, they, def- they defended their titles against Queen's Quest, which consisted of Utami Hayashishita and Momo Watanabe. That was a, that was a solid match for me. That was the that was my, the best match on the card, and then you had a lumberjack match uh, with Mayo Iwatani, the current uh, Stardom World Champion, uh, defeating Saki Kashima. Um, this was it was actually a pretty pretty cool pretty cool show. Um, uh, Star- Stardom's kind of like it has like four different factions. Uh, so there's like the stars, which are like the white meat baby faces. Then there's Edo Tai, which are the, like the heels. Queen's Quest, which they're kind of like the tweeners, and then there's the Tokyo Cyber Squad, which they're just, they're just there to like cause chaos and silliness and mayhem. Um, cool, cool, uh, cool bit of a cool assembly of talent. I'll definitely give more of their shows a shot. I know they have a bunch of free shows you can watch on their YouTube channel, okay. like from last year. So I'll sit down and give it a look. See, um, Stardom's got a lot of good talent too. Even in the past, I think even Tony Storm wrestled for them for a while. I heard, I heard so. Yep. So, so yeah, that's what I watched. You can catch the No People Gate Empty Arena show on Stardom's official YouTube channel. It's only like, it's like two hours, but if you like get rid of like the, some of like the commercials that are in between, it's like maybe like a little over 90 minutes or so. Yeah. So you can get through it, but it's, but it's, it's a really cool show. It's worth checking out if you want to look for something different as a, as a wrestling fan. And um, over the weekend, I actually watched a really cool movie. Uh, which I highly recommend for people listening out there, and that's uh, The Invisible Man. Uh, the Invisible Man, which is written and directed by Lee Wannell. Lee Wannell, uh, Lee Wannell he's the uh, um, writer of such films as Saw, uh, Dead Silence, Insidious, and he also directed uh, this really cool film called Upgrade, which came out two years ago. It's cool. Uh, which uh, did he write? The first one? Yeah, the first one. That was yep. a good one. Yeah. 
Um, this one, uh, Invisible Man, it's like a contemporary uh, version of the classic novel, so it's not a remake of the classic 30s film. Uh, this this is a really cool uh, sci-fi, horror sci-fi film, and it stars Elizabeth Moss, and she plays this woman named Celia Cass. And uh, and Celia, she's the, she's like a, an abuse survivor. She's a victim of, a, of this really abusive relationship uh, from her boyfriend, um, her boyfriend, Adrian Griffin, who's played by Oliver Jackson Cohen. And uh, Adrian Griffin, he's like this pioneering inventor of like these of this invisibility suit that he comes up with. He's like a pioneer in the field of optics. And so in the beginning of the film, um, you see it's a really tense setup where uh, Celia is like sneaking out of bed while her husband is sleeping. It's like four in the morning and she's sneaking through their like their huge uh, palatial house and like on the coast of California and San Francisco. And she's sneaking out um, um, and she's and she makes her escape. She narrowly makes her escape. And throughout the film, uh, and and later after like two weeks after she makes her escape, uh, she's staying out. She's staying over her uh, a friend's house. I think her sister's husband's house, I believe. And um, uh, she gets some news that her husband committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And and the, the her husband and the husband's brother, uh, who's like this slimy creep. Uh, he's played by uh, Michael Dorman. Um, he actually he's actually in charge of his brother's estate, and he awards um, Celia five million dollars. And and she's like, okay, maybe I can kind of rebuild my life. I can actually move forward. But then some things begin to happen. She starts she starts feeling uh, her her supposedly dead husband's presence. And throughout the film, it's just a really tense really tense and full of dread and it's um and it's really interesting in how the film uses invisibility as a theme and how it's so compatible with the theme of being an abuse survivor being a victim of abuse so for example uh celia being a victim and a survivor of an abusive relationship even though she's gotten physical distance and some emotional distance from her husband she always feels like something's not quite right that no matter where she, no matter what she does, no matter where she goes, her husband's somehow gonna find out where she's at, and she always feels that like she's in danger. And what's cool is that the film plays on that with the invisibility theme. So like the camera would move toward like seemingly empty sections of a room. Mm-hmm. So like you're kind of like looking, looking to see if like any objects are gonna move or if you're gonna see like a handprint or footprint. So it kind of does a good job of like putting you into that paranoid headspace of the character. And then there's like other scenes too. Like there's a scene where she's in the kitchen cooking, cooking breakfast, and she goes out and she and she tries to wake up uh, her friend's daughter, played by Storm Reed, and. And then, like you see, like she puts her, she puts a knife down on the counter, but then as soon as she walks out of the frame, the the knife kind of falls off off the counter, but you don't hear a sound. Um, but at the same time, you're thinking, oh well, may, maybe she put the maybe she put the knife a little too close to the edge and it just fell. It happens. But then, like um, she's cooking some breakfast on the on the frying pan on the skillet, and all of a sudden the frying pan just like bursts into flames, and. You can either read it, read that as oh maybe she just forgot that you know she she maybe she was she was you know had her attention away from the skillet for too long. You know, other other thing could be like the guy's right there, but she doesn't know it. And so the film does a really good job, like you know, making you feel just as paranoid paranoid as she does because any empty space anywhere she goes, he could be literally right next to her, and he and she wouldn't know it. 
And so the film's like really, really is really effective in that regard. Like Elizabeth Moss, like she does an excellent job in this film. Um, like you, you, you actually feel for her, and like, uh, and, and the supporting cast is really good. Like Aldous Hodge, uh, she plays her friend, who she's he's he's like a cop. Yeah, I, saw um, I saw he was in there. I'm like, why does he look familiar? Then I read that he played MC Ren in um, Yep, Straight Out of Compton. Yep. Um, really good, a really good cast. Like a Storm Reed is in there as well. Harriet Dyer, who plays Emily Cass, her sister. Uh, Michael Dorman, like I said, he plays the creep. This like really creepy, spineless jellyfish version of of his brother. And Oliver Jackson Cohen, like for his part, for the limited amount of time that you actually do see him in the film, you, you you hear him more than you see him. Like he's really effective too. Like there's a whole scene where he's taking where he's taking on a bunch of cops, and how that scene is shot it's like a long take where where you see these empty spaces and all of a sudden you see these cops getting assaulted by this invisible man and how that scene plays out is like really effective and very well done and Lee Wanell does a really good job of like setting up um setting up this uh this ex- existential and physical threat throughout the film so yeah man um this is a real this is really effective horror and um I really like the fact that Universal Pictures is actually uh, taking a different approach to their uh, classic monster movie franchise franchises, like instead of doing this whole dark universe to try to replicate oh, Marvel, what they're doing is they they're still gonna revisit like the classic monster movies, but they're gonna take individual like different unique original spins on them. Right. So like Invisible Man is like a really good start in that direction. So kudos to Lee Wan- Lee Wannell for uh, writing and directing this really cool uh, take on Invisible Man. I really recommend seeing it in theaters, um, especially if you're a horror fan or if you're a fan of the classic uh, uh, 30s film or even the classic novel written by H.G. Wells. Uh, Invisible Man, awesome film. I recommend it. Check it out. It's really dope. I wonder what Jim Survivor would think of that. Oh, he actually liked it. Oh, you talked to him? Uh, well, actually, he posted it on his Facebook when I when I logged in. He posted like he was actually raving about it. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's it's a really good it's a really good film. So check out Invisible Man. It's, it's in theaters now. Um, <clears throat> looking at the comments now, <laughs> uh, James Vincent says, "Is this the view? <laughs> I didn't know you were talking about a movie. Yes, I was talking about a, a movie, The Invisible Man. <laughs> you know who James Vincent is, right? Yeah, Grande. Yeah." Um, Gabe Jackson says that um, Stardom they post free matches on YouTube. Yep, which they do. R- worth checking out. Um, and yeah, man, yeah, man, that, that was a cool film. Recommend it. Uh, what else? <clears throat> what else we got? Um, oh, uh, so a quick, uh, some quick sad news. We just got to acknowledge. Uh, rest in peace to the legendary Swedish actor Max von Sydow. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. Yeah, uh, Max von Sydow, or Max von Sudoff, rather. Uh, he had a 70-plus year career. Um, he passed away at the age of 90 on Sunday. Um, you may have, you may, contemporary uh, uh, audiences may know him as the Three-Eyed Raven from Game of Thrones. Um, you know him as, um, he played like a brief role in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, he was in, of course, he had, he was started in many classic films over the decades, including Ingmar Bergman's The Seventh Seal, um, The Exorcist, he played Father Marin, um, Steven Spielberg's Minority Report, he played, uh, the character Lamar Burgess, um, oh, he also played, um, the, uh, film critic, uh, I think it was, was his name, Anton Ego, Ego, in the movie Ratatouille, 
So he played like the main antagonist in that film. Um, he had a. Rush Hour 3. He was in Rush Hour Three, uh, just like de- seven decades, like since the 1940s up till now. Um, decades and decades of classic films. Uh, truly, one of the best actors uh, of all time. Like you look at his body of work, and just the fact that his car- he had such longevity in his career that he actually that literally generations of fans, generations of moviegoers, and even television watchers know who he is from different projects, and it's really cool. Like you don't see that too too often. So yes, R.I.P. to the legend, uh, Max von Sudoff, 90 years, 90 years old, gone but will never be forgotten. And if you're a, f- a lot of stuff like that, oh, I, yeah. I had to go just for at least from you know my life. Like he played Vigo in Ghostbusters two. Yep. He was in Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. He played the voice of Zeus in Hercules. Yep. Like, damn. Oh yeah, like he put in work. Yeah. He put in work, so yeah, man. Uh, if also if you're a, if you're a subscriber to the uh, Criterion channel, uh, they just posted a Max von Sudoff tribute, which you can watch at least fifteen of his movies in like one uh, package, so you can watch his movies back to back. But yeah, uh, Max von Sudoff, the legend. So I just had to give a quick acknowledgement there. Huh. Yeah. Um, oh, he played in that Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Yep, the Robin Hood with yeah, Rick. Yeah, the Ridley Scott one with uh, Russell Crowe. Yep, from 2010. Yep, he was in that. Um, let me see. And also, uh, also real quick, some quick, uh, quick news. As you as you guys know, the coronavirus is uh, is wreaking havoc all across the world. Um, it's to the point where uh, certain industries have been affected. Um, for example, the film industry is starting to feel the effects. Uh, the latest James Bond film, No Time to Die, that was supposed to come out next month. It's been pushed back to November. Um, unfortunately, it's been pushed in, pushed back to November, which is crowded with a few blockbusters coming out that month, including Marvel's The Eternals. And I think there was like another film, too. So yeah. it's gonna be a crowded market that month. Yeah, I noted, and then I got I saw the IGM report earlier too that um, the Falcon and Winter Soldier. There's um there's a scene that's filmed. Hold on, where is? Let me see if I can still catch it. Cause I didn't delete it. I know for a fact. Yeah, the Falcon and Winter Soldier will no longer film a scene in Prague due to the coronavirus concerns. Yep, and also a Mission Impossible Seven stopped filming in Italy. Um, yeah, Italy's on like lockdown. Yep, Italy's currently on lockdown. Just wash your hands, people. Yeah, wash man. them hands. And yeah, um, yeah, wash your damn hands. And oh my god, this, this is this is why people say America's full of stupid fucking people. Oh, dark place. Get ready. Go ahead. You don't have to stop drinking Coronas. How <laughs> that shit. Corona beer has nothing to do with the coronavirus. <laughs> I just had to say that because, wow. I think people are making just, yeah, just a joke. I th- honestly, I think we're going to get through this too, just like we got through like spine flu and mm-hmm. um, Ebola and all that. I think it's just, go- it's going to be a fad that will be gone within like two months or so. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll be we'll, all right. We'll see. I mean, right now the CDC, uh, you know, was hobbled somewhat because of the orange, the racist oranges administration and the handling of the CDC and the fact that the, the he put the vice president in charge, who's trying to who's infamously known for praying away HIV in Indiana, 
And, and ironically enough, Indiana suffered a major HIV outbreak under his watch as governor. So, yeah, I, I think I think this isn't going to go away in, in a couple of months. I appreciate the optimism. I hope it goes away in a couple months, but I won't count on it. Just wash your hands. And and just, just dap up like like Orange Cassidy. <laughs> and also, people, I know hand sanitizer, hand sanitizers are flying off the shelves. How no matter how desperate things get, number one, soap and water. Two, do not go on Amazon and spend upwards of three hundred to six hundred bucks on some Purell. That it it is not I worth it. That. I'm just like, oh, I saw it for myself. I'm like, wow, y'all y'all scalpers got no motherfucking shame, none. You know, it's such a huge advantage that I work in the field that I work in. Mm. It's hand sanitizer for days. Yeah, <laughs> I got supplies. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, man. The thing is, we just wash our hands so much anyway. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's part comes with the territory. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that's pretty much it on my end. Anything else you got on your end, sir? Very little bit. <laughs> okay. The new uh, Strange Academy number one came out this week. Ooh. Okay. Written by Scotty Young and Humberto, and the art by Humberto, Re- Humberto Ramos. Doctor Strange opened up a school for young sorcerers. Sorcerers from all over the galaxy mm-hmm. come together and have been brought together in New Orleans to study the mystic arts under Doctor Strange, Brother Voodoo, the Ancient One, Scarlet Witch, Magic, Hellstrom, and others. So, um, spending, you know, off stemming off the first issue, it's a teenage spinoff of, it's a teenage spinoff of a Doctor Strange comic. So it's like okay. Doctor Strange meets runaways oh okay but what's cool about it is like all right you know you can we have a lot of dr strange you know stories mm-hmm. a lot of mystic arts let's there's a future in it yeah so yeah. there's going to be some future sorcerers uh, maybe a future sorcerer supreme or mm. maybe sorceress mm. supreme okay plenty of directions you can take exactly you know, some like, and they're coming from everywhere. Like, there's one from Weird World. There's one from the, um, there's a Frost Giant in there who's going to the school there. Mm. Two two brothers from Asgard who are complete dicks. Okay. <laughs> um, one, a couple from Earth. So yeah, it's a it's a complete it's a very diverse uh, cast of characters that is, that's in this. So this is, I think this is gonna be one that I'm gonna be following. Um, I'm not sure how long it's gonna be. I'm not sure if it's gonna be a huge. Uh, like an ongoing run or maybe just a miniseries. Miniseries? Cool. Mm-hmm. Ongoing? Maybe. Okay. All right. Nice. And then next, excuse me, is Spider-Man Noir number one, which is written by Margaret Stoll and, and um, art by Juan, Juan E. Ferreira. So it takes place, obviously, Spider-Man Noir takes place in 1939. Mm-hmm. So a woman, a woman is murdered in the Black Cat nightclub. Mm-hmm. Get it? Black Cat Nightclub. Uh, yeah. I freaking love those new ones. Like, let's <laughs> just take the modern day, modern day stuff and just remix it to like back in the day. It's all, it was yeah. just fun for me. And all the clues point to overseas, so Spider Man has to make difficult the difficult decision to go overseas mm-hmm. to find out who killed this woman. Okay, no mystery. As World War Two is about to break out, that is bad timing. Terrible timing, in fact. <laughs> Got to see what happens. Okay. Got to see what happens. I'm pretty sure this one's uh, a miniseries. So. 
And there's a new, I wanted to report this on last week, but I just completely forgot about it. I didn't put it in my notes. But there is a I I came across an I Collect app. So obviously I'm a collector of comics, and I have a shit ton. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't just limit to comics. It actually you can use your movies as well. Yep. So so far what I did is I used like all my um I wish I could just I wish I could put it on the screen but mm. <laughs> I had to do it. Yeah. But I just scanned all the hip hop covers that I have. Okay. And it's just a, it's just an easy way to organize them so then say if I'm out in the street and mm. I'm just like, "Oh, I don't have the um oh, have you heard about the uh Howard the Duck hip hop variant?" Mm. I'm like, oh yeah, I have this one. Boom. Okay. Boom. And it has like all the information. Well, you can input all the information. Nice. On it, mark it as red or red or not. So, if we're counting just the hip hop covers, I got 119. Okay. And I'm pretty sure they're up to like 165. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well that's a, that's a good chunk though. It, it is. So 119. If there's 160, you need like basically like 40. Yeah. Yeah. About it, I think I'm just getting. I get like, cause what it is is like I, I'll get them. I'll get like one or two, a week, mm-hmm. then I'll stop. Okay. For like a good while, then when I'm comfortable enough, I'll start doing it again and again and again. Mm-hmm. So I'm at that point right now where I'm comfortable enough, so I can get them again and again and again. Nice. But yeah. you can do it for pretty much like anything for. Movies, uh, books, Funko Pops, uh, any type, any other type of uh, collectibles, um, and sometimes all you really got to do is just scan the barcode, and it goes right in. Sweet. So I mean, I'm pretty sure you don't need that because you pretty much memorized everything that's in your collection. Just about. I mean, what? <laughs> Give me a just throw out a number. Of how many comic books I have? No, movies. Movies? Yeah. Oh, shoot. It's probably like like 1,100. Maybe 1,100? Just on that shit. Oh, no, no, no. Total. Like, that's just half. That's just one shelf. I got, oh. I got two other shelves in the in the other room. And then I have like a bottom shelf with all my TV uh, shows. Um, oh, in total, it's got to be like... Def- it's definitely like over 1,000. So... You probably may need this. <laughs> well, I do have a website that I track them on. Like, uh, it's called Film Aficionado. Yeah. Yeah. If I log in, like, I can get the exact number. Actually, matter of fact, I'm going there right now. Actually, so yeah, Film Aficionado. Um, uh, I think. Let me see. I think John Haponic actually. Um, I think I, got, I found out the website through him because I'm actually friends with him and Jess on the, on the web page, uh, but they haven't updated theirs in like years, but um. Yeah, I'm logging in right now. And what is my collection? Speaking of movies, I'm sorry. I feel I meant to bring Soul Man for you. Oh, so, oh, that's right. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, I'll. Yeah, I'll. Uh... I really want. I really want you to review that movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I actually do want to see it. Um, oh, fuck. I mean, just the fact that like there's only 52 motherfuckers in the whole movie. Maybe I missed some. <laughs> So like, you know, I I would like to see you can probably you can probably catch more because I am too busy laughing when I watch it. Mm-hmm. Oh man, 
Uh, well, it seems I can't log in to some some reason. Oh, oh well. But Same yeah, it's so. definitely over a thousand. Um, yeah. Anything else you got, man? Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, looking at the uh, uh, some of the comments here. Um, let me see. Oh, Gabe Jackson, in regards to the coronavirus, he says that it's not any worse than what they're doing in Australia. Um, I know two women from there uh, that said people were buying a shit ton of toilet paper for whatever reason. Yeah, I've seen that on Twitter. People buying like posting pictures of themselves like buying stacks and stacks and stacks of toilet paper. I, I don't. I don't know. I guess, I guess like shitting is part of the symptoms. I don't know. Uh, Dominique Powell says I work there and people are ordering tissue and hand soap from there. I guess on Amazon. Um, let me see. Uh, D Molly. Um, I'm not sure I pronounced that right. Uh, says people are buying out the stores like it's the end of the world. I'm like, what the hell? You never washed your hands before? <laughs> um, let's see. You're in response to Gabe. Um, we're in healthcare and always looking sideways at folks walking out of the restrooms without washing their damn hands. Nasty folks out there. Yes. Oh, I've seen some motherfuckers just go, just take a piss and then just put their fingertips just under water and walk out. I'm like, mm-hmm. nasty dingling water motherfuckers. <laughs> yup. Yeah, some people do that. It's like, yo, what are you doing? Especially if they're working like food or like service industry. It's like, what are you doing? I saw that work. <sighs> Man. Guy doesn't work there no more though. Oh, okay. That's good. But the, but come to think of it, like, like if, 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 if we really saw everything that went on and like say like fast food, like we would, we would all stop eating. Oh, watch the movie Waiting. Waiting, oh boy! It, it came out like early two thousands with like Justin Long and Ryan Reynolds and I think yeah. Anna Faris is in it too. Oh, it's one of those gross out comedies. Yeah, you'd just be like, "Oh, that shit sucks," but this shit is fucking funny. Oh man, Andy Milanakis is in it. <laughs> um, do I plan on dying on the couch watching TV? Not TV, Gabe. Movies. There's a difference. Um. But I, I will say, speaking of nasty shit, I, I, I was on YouTube and I saw, I, I was I was typing in Whataburger because I was thinking of like Britt Baker's promo when she, when she called out the fans for having chubby water, Whataburger faces when they were in Texas. Um, and something popped up in the search results said Whataburger rat. So I watched it and it's like a, it's like a three minute clip. And apparently it's like this tiny mouse running around, scurrying around on this, on this uh, counter, countertop, where, like the fruit prep area. And apparently, everyone's freaking out, the manager, the customers, the, the person filming it. And apparently, people were freaking out to the point where there was like, there were customers walking behind the counter trying to get, trying, trying to get the mouse. And this one, this one woman tries to scoop up the mouse in one of these like food prep containers. The problem was, the prep, the prep station was next to the, the deep fryer. And so when the, so when the mouse was trying to escape... It, it zigged and zagged right into the deep fryer. Bloop. And then, like, you waited for, like, 10 seconds, and you heard, like, you saw, like, the bubbling. So, yeah, it died a death. So, people are like, oh, my God, freaking out. Um, so, I'm like, oh, my God, this is Whataburger, huh? So, it's like, if you if you order, like, some chicken nuggets, be like, how come my nugget has a tail? Yeah. That's gross, but I'm pretty sure like not every Whataburger is like that. Oh, certainly not for sure, but but I need to find out which Whataburger that was. Yeah, because like you know for those for for those for our Texas residents who are there. I do want to try Whataburger. I I, I well you know John uh, says that Whataburger is 
just merely okay. It says like it's just a local chain. Yeah. Gotta try. Well, sometimes it's not here, so gotta try. Like Waffle House is amazing. Is it? Oh, Waffle House is very good. Hmm. We we don't have Waffle Houses no. here. No. Yeah. No, you gotta go down south for that one. Oh, okay. We're pretty much everywhere else, but here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, deep fried mouse. It just it zigged. It tried to zig, but then it zagged into some deep fried. Waterburger burger is good. Gabe lives in Texas. Hey, man. Um, hopefully, hopefully Gabe didn't visit that Waterburger, that Waterburger location with the with the mouse, with the deep fried mouse, because goddamn, I would not go there. But. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, man. Um, fast food, boy. If if we if we heard the horror stories, would we ever eat at a fast food joint again? All but I'm pretty sure we've been hearing fast food. So. Oh, he he wants. Where is it located? Do you know? Uh, no. Actually, let me let me let me see the comments. Let me pull up that video on YouTube. I don't want to see that. <laughs> no, 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 it's like like it's like not, I do, but then I don't. <laughs> Like it's it, like it's not like super like explicit like you just see like the mouse like just jump in the deep fryer and that's it. And, like, like, ten seconds later you see like bubbles. What up, it probably burger. wasn't here in Dallas. Good. I'll make it see. back there eventually. Yeah. Um Yeah, it's like a three minute video. Oh, it's in uh Bastrop, Texas. Bastrop B A S T R O P. B A S what? Uh, T R O P. Yeah, and here's the. Bass Drop Texas. Yeah, and here's the video. Real You're quick. actually showing me this video. Yeah, I mean, like, like it's 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 like it's only three minutes, so you can you can watch that for. Okay, it's not in a DF. It's not in DFW. Okay, yeah, but yeah, man, um, chubby Whataburger faces, and I think maybe that's like a source of protein, but. <laughs> Good lord, man. Damn, I'm really watching a freaking... Okay, so he said that Bash Shop is in South Texas, not near him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in the DFW. Yep. And, and yes, Brian, I will post a link to the video in the in the group chat later. But yeah, oh, let me just get a Kleenex real quick. Oh, man. So yeah, wait, wait hold on. Where'd the mouse go? So I'm watching it. He's got me watching this video. And Okay, there it is. Yeah. Yeah, hidden between... Yeah, see, this lady's, like, scared. I'm scared, too. Like, I do not like mice. Yep. And needles. Judge me all you want. I don't give a damn. Yeah, oh. Fast Drop is near San Antonio, I believe. Right. Okay. Yeah, so, um, as you can see, uh, and I'm showing Carl the, the video. So, you see at the mouse, you see the, the little mouse scurrying. And, uh, and, and the sound is off, but, uh. But apparently, um, okay, so there's a, there's a woman, woman in a pink shirt. She just she's she's not a worker there, by the way. She's trying to get the mouse out of the fruit pe- fruit pep area. Uh, just throw everything away. Yeah. Just throw it all away. Yeah. Oh, right. yep, I seen it. For, okay, I seen it. Yep. <laughs> you I, I seen it. <laughs> man, the guy standing there like, oh my god. Yep. Bloop. Yeah, man. That's. Uh, oh, you know what I was one thing. Yeah. One of the, one thing I did watch, and my girl put me. Um, my girl watches this a lot. Mm-hmm. So I watched a episode of My Six Hundred Pound Life. She wanted to make sure I watched this. Oh Jesus! 
And they actually had somebody from Rhode Island. Oh. He was from Cranston. Oh. Oh, he made us look bad. I mean. He was a complete and utter dickhead. Really? Was like, uh, was he like morbidly obese? Oh, absolutely. And just like shitting on people. Not he literally. But. Had well because the doctor that they fil- that films the show is in Houston. Yeah. He had to get transported via trailer. Oh my god. From Rhode Island mm-hmm. to Houston. Just to the hospital. Mm-hmm. On the way, he broke the hospital bed. Like pretty much, he spent. He's constantly on a hospital bed. Mm-hmm. He has to have four a.m. breakfast. Four a.m. What? what? Four a.m. breakfast, and his father was like, his mom left him for like, you know, you know, family issues and stuff. Pops yeah. is a huge enabler mm. and i'm like i'm just sitting there watching it's like yo i freaking want to kick this dude in the face mm. wow well, so he's just like a complete mess yeah no yeah he, eventually from what i heard he actually like hold on i'm sorry did you say he was shipped on a freaking trailer but yeah on a trailer not like a trailer like not like a tractor trailer but a trailer yes a tri- wow. Beep. Beep. Yep. Beep. Yep. Yeah. They had to have like loading ramps man, to oh. get him on and off. Man, oh man. But then yeah, he got like addicted to like the uh pain like pain medicines and stuff and all that. He was he was such a dick that he kept getting banned from hospitals. <laughs> oh man. To get banned from a hospital. Wow. Kent County. That's the one that they show they show mm-hmm. in Rhode Island. Yep, mm-hmm. I know. Banned from all of them. Like he got banned from so many different hospitals, especially like the one he kept staying. At, and it was just like, yo, we can't take you anymore. Like your your behavior is just not acceptable and stuff. But eventually, from what I hear, he ended up like changing his life around. But it was bad. Mm. Like, man, that's that's such a shame. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, you know, obesity is no joke, but like, you know, if someone's like, you know, gets themselves to that point, it's like, what, what do you say? Like, I don't know. But yeah, his brother actually owns a store mm. in freaking in Pawtucket. Mm. Bam. Yep. <laughs> yep. I I seen a photo, and um, I wish I hadn't. Um. Wow, that's. Allegedly, this is him now. Wait, let me see. I don't believe it. Yeah. I don't believe it. Nah. That's too that's way too drastic a change. I don't believe it. Well, it took like years. Even so. Even so. No, no. The 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 the, pers- the person on the right looks way too fit. No, no, no. 
It doesn't add up. Oh, shout outs to Fabiano Deode. Okay. From Brazil. Wow. Wow, we got we, oh all the way from Brazil. Well, Obrigado. Yeah, thank you, sir, for uh, for for joining in. He had to take his glasses off. Uh, yeah, man. You know, I always got to hit Vic with some bullshit. <laughs> I know. You, you know, speaking of bullshit, let me tell you something, man. Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know whether to laugh or cry, but apparently, uh, your show, your favorite show, Ninety Day Fiance. So popular that um, I have colleagues. I have colleagues who I work with at the uh, at at the University of Rhode Island, who uh, who happen to be proud fans of the show themselves. <laughs> the fuck out of here. And I sat there not knowing how to feel about that because okay, well, I, I'm going to sound extremely condescending if I if I complete the sentence, but. Needless to say, I was very surprised that there were peeps in my circle, my professional circle, who follow the show, not only follow the show, but are up to date on the drama, some of whom uh, follow the drama on Twitter, 90 Day Twitter, and uh, talk about it with glee. And I didn't, I don't know how to feel about that, Carl. Um, as far as not following the show on Twitter... People's reactions are freaking hilarious. Mm. I oh, I can imagine given the premise when of the they're show. like live tweeting. It's like when you're live tweeting any show, and then people yeah. just use their they get creative with their gifts and their memes about the show. Mm. The shit's hilarious. I mean, I mean, it's reality TV, so how real can it actually be? Yeah, so, I know. Like it's just, it, it, it's just I mean, funny. But I try not to get too deep into the reality tv hole yeah you don't like i think i'm i got 90 day fiance and love after lockup Mm -hmm. you know brian said he watched it he was like yeah i totally get it he's like i get it i'm judging these people right away yeah and it's like i do not feel bad (laughs) i mean i mean i I mean to I mean, not. I mean, no lie. Like, like for myself, like, like on a very rare occasion, like I would once in an extreme, in an extreme blue moon. Um, sometimes I'll go on YouTube, and I'll watch, and I'll and I'll look up old clips of Maury, or old clips of the Steve. Rico oh, you show. cannot get the. Oh, you you. Th- th- that is a guilty pleasure in itself. The Maury dances are classic. Yeah, the, the Maury... The, the, the DNA dances, that's what he calls it. <laughs> yeah. The DNA dances are classic. Yeah, the DNA dances, I sit there, and yes, I am judging the shit out of ev- each and every person. It's just like that. Yeah, I I, I told... Okay, I get it now. You get it, right? I, I get it now, <laughs> Do yeah. you feel like a judgmental asshole? Yes, I do. And I'm not proud of it. I, you shouldn't. I, you shouldn't have to. I'm not proud of it because it's total shite and Freud. You know, you're 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 judging people. You know, making complete asses of themselves, and you're like, oh my god, why would you dance at the news that this kid is not your not that this kid is not yours? And you know, why would you, you know, talk all ratchet and stereotypical out the side of your neck? Why would you do all this? You know, why would you make the ancestors in Wakanda weep? But I thought Wakanda wasn't a real place. You, you you know what I mean. Yeah, you know what I mean. I caught you. No, it's well, it's not a real place. Just it like is. just like Candyman is not real. Hey, Candyman. What? Candyman. That's enough. Candyman. 
Stop! Candy man. <laughs> you didn't say it in front of a mirror. Oh, let me find a mirror, though. Nope. Keep it. Oh, shoot. Is there a mirror guy? Not at all. Oh, man. It's in, it's in, I have a handheld mirror in the bathroom. But listen, folks. Candyman is not real. Can, I said it five times. There you go. Uh, Bloody Mary is not real. Come on, people. Think. Think. Use your brains. Oh, you just brought up, you just brought up Mary. There was a there was a scary movie I watched years ago, and I'm. Oh, uh, you know, I'm glad I got Google up. Mary Shaw, Mary Shaw. Puppets. Yep. Um. Dead Silence. Oh yeah, that oh, I remember when that movie came. I was like, must have been like twelve years ago, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like two thousand eight, I think. I could be wrong. 2008. Uh, 2007. Okay, yep. Close. Um, Donnie Wahlberg was in it. <laughs> um, he was in Saw too. I remember. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, also, in regards to reality shows and like Maury Povich and the like, Dominique Powell says that, I don't watch none of those shows, but when the mama runs off the stage, it's always funny, though. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they always do the same run and run into the same couch. Yeah, I noticed that too. I, th- I think I, s- I saw a YouTube comment. They called they they gave that that certain run a name. It was like um, oh man, the reject run. I don't know. Like a reject, not some. It was, it was like something more crass. It was like the 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 whole run of shame or something like that. <laughs> it, it it was something. It was something that cracked me up. I forgot the exact name of what some YouTuber called that run. But yeah, like I would. But yes, once in a, in a rare blue moon, I would see compilation clips of you know the Maury dances. And I'm just sitting there judging them, like, wow, man, I would never get, I would never have my life get to that point. And at the same time, you'd be like, you know what, my life isn't really that bad. It, it yeah, <laughs> yeah, true, true. But but at the same time, I I feel really judgmental and gross for uh watching watching that. You ain't seen Angela yet. Buffoon, you're unfo- Is this Angela person on 90 Day? Yeah, the one with the uh, the one that's a Trump supporter. Uh, uh, whose uh, men have done ungodly things and still can't get in this damn country. Uh, yeah. Like when they when his visa got rejected, mm-hmm. like oh. he broke down and we were just we as fans was just like, I feel you, man. <laughs> the things you had to do mm. and you still got rejected like we hurt for you oh he had to pretend to be a trump supporter basically he really said Donald pretend. trump i'm coming to see you <laughs> which is like oh god oh man that's literally it was, it was just like oh god but at the same time too like we when they show like these poor disenfranchised countries like remember i, I mentioned yeah. last week big ed he's falling in love with his Girl who's old enough to be his daughter on the Phil- from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Now he lives; she lives like miles north from Manila. So there's like no plumbing, no toilets and stuff. Like they literally uh, showed her like having to bathe her son with a bucket and stuff. And you know, you it's just like God damn. Yeah, I gotta go take a piss and flush the toilet, and I am thankful. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. Situa- yeah, situations like that. Oh, and then that big phone, the soldier boy. Oh yeah, that guy. Oh, they showed where he lived. Mm-hmm. So remember, he's portraying to be like some type. Of, oh, I'm a, I'm a celebrity. Mm-hmm. 
because the economy is so bad in Nigeria. But yeah, he's he's portraying like he's this huge celebrity. Mm-hmm. Lives in a one bedroom house. Yep. Sleeps in the same bed with his best friend. Um. That he calls giant. Um. Oh, and there's no plumbing in the house either. He goes, here's our bathroom, and it's literally just a bucket. Yep. That's how it be. Yeah. But I'm like, dude, you're like coming off as like this big, like you're some, like you got it going on over there. Confidence. But this is where you at. But this is how you living. Hey, confidence has to come from somewhere. And you know the the classic saying, fake it till you make it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Fine case. That yeah. that that is literally. Have you ever been seeing these memes that if something 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 was a person, mm-hmm. that was it. If fake it till you make it was a person. Ah, you know you know I'm gonna tweet that. Thank you. Oh well, yeah, you're welcome. There's an idea. Yep. another meme. <laughs> well, uh, so yeah, um, so yeah, uh, between your 90 day watching and. You know, my rare uh, Maury Povich dance <laughs> compilation watching on YouTube. Uh, we, we've watched things we're not proud of. Um, I, I I will commit to not watching another Maury dancing compilation uh, clip again because, you know, I I know better. Uh, at least you're not watching Love and Hip Hop. Oh, fuck that show. And there you go. Oh, love. Like I said, is that it show still? It's still on. Why? There's Love and Hip Hop New York. Atlanta, L.A., Miami. I want to say that's it. I have to ask my girl. She watches all that shit. She does? Oh, yeah. She's she's, she's deep in the reality TV hole. Real Housewives of Atlanta and New Jersey. People, do better, man. As Kyle Chapman would say, do better. Like... Of all the television shows you can watch, reality television, it rots your brain. It is intellectually bereft. Um, it, it, it leaves you culturally, mentally, spiritually, and intellectually impoverished. Yeah. Do anything besides watch reality TV. Read a book. You know, re- read three books this month. <laughs> um, w- w- watch, watch a challenging movie. Um, watch This Is Us. Well, tonight's the season finale. Okay. Well, there you go. Like, watch This Is Us. D- d- do something, man. Is that class still going on? Yep. This this. Can this you? Because I was talking. Me and my sisters watched that show together, and I was telling them about it. Can you? Is there a way you can like send me the link or like um, a screenshot or something of like just the class itself? Because I was trying to look it up and just I had a hard time finding it. Yeah, I was trying to I was trying to look for the information online, um, but there's a there's a there's a flyer posted where I work, so I can actually take a picture of it. That that'll be per that'll be perfect. Yep, because that's how good the show that that's how good the show is. Yeah. Mm, okay. But uh, but yeah, man. Um, you got a lot of time to catch up. I'm telling you, you and Dominique will enjoy that together. Dominique. Who's Dominique? Dominique, watch it, but Monet, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, up bad, man. I fucked up, Dad. I'm sorry. Yes, you did. But yeah. damn it, Dominique, watch it. You'll like it. 
Um, don't. Uh, oh, no, I'm, this is us. Oh, this is us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Watch This Is Us. I hear, I hear that's good, but reality TV, no, nah, don't. Sterling Read a book. K. Brown kills it every episode, and you will fall in love with him and his wife, Beth. Their characters. Okay. Interesting. I know he was good in that movie, Waves, which I reviewed a few months ago. You did. You did. Yeah. Is that still on Netflix? Uh, Waves? I don't think it's on Netflix yet, but it did come out on Blu-ray uh, just recently, so it might make its way on streaming at some point. Uh, like Most likely Amazon. Yeah. Uh. But but yeah, man. Um, reality TV sucks. Don't watch it. If you do, then rethink your life choices. Anything else you got on the agenda? I can give you a question of the week. Oh, we haven't thought, we haven't done that in a while. I thought I came across one today. Okay, qu- and I posted it on my person on my personal page. I have to get off the code. <laughs> and it was. Um, let me see. Also, real quick, uh, Brian Lopes says, uh, by the way, we all got to get on Warzone. It's free for everyone. Call of Duty. Call of Duty Warzone. Okay. Hmm, free for everyone. Hmm. All right. Which celebrity do you defend like you're getting paid for it? <laughs> oh, so that's, that's the question of the week? Yes. Okay. Which celebrity do I do we defend like we get paid for it? Um, for me, I'm not. <clears throat> it's hard to say. Like for me, like I'm I'm not a big like celebrity stan. Like I'm not like a Beyonce, like a Beehive. And by the way, you Beehive fans are a bunch of losers. See, somebody one per only surprise only one. I think two people mm-hmm. only said that in my post. Okay, Beyonce. Yeah, like in my post, it was. I can't actually read off some of the results from my personal post. Okay. Okay, so we got one Cardi B. That's exactly the gift <laughs> that they posted. Saying that. Um, one got J Lo. Okay. Lil Baby. Seth Rollins. Mm-hmm. Brian Lopes put Orange Cassidy. He's the man. One Beyonce. Mm. Dave Chappelle. Gotcha, bitch. One hashtag not a damn one. I agree. That's my answer. My cousin said nobody because there are people just like just just like me, just a lot more plastic and ill-mannered. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tom Robinson said Nicolas Cage. I'll agree with that. And uh, Latifah says uh, Beyonce, but it's New York from um, I, from um, Love and Fla- Yeah, no, uh, from Flavor of Love and oh, Screaming Beyonce. Mm-mm-mm. And well, another person said not Dak Prescott. Not Dak Prescott. Okay. Well, of course. Mine's is actually wrestling related. Okay. That golden hearted goddess, Vicky Guerrero. Excuse me. She married Edge on TV. She did. She dated Dolph Ziggler on TV. That she did too. But damn it, when I met her, she was the sweetest person in the world mm-hmm. just greeting me I there's a picture to prove there's picture if it didn't happen you got plenty of pictures with uh, wrestlers and wrestling personalities yeah and she was one of them yeah she and she was just so sweet Vicky Guerrero for Hall of Fame oh absolutely yeah I mean WWE don't talk to her no more oh why not she with she's with AEW oh really yeah hmm I didn't know yeah. she was with AEW. 
Okay. Show the people. And this was like shortly after WrestleMania 23. Oh, man. So that was like 2007, I want to say. Yeah, seven. But she she was just like, she asked, hey, how you doing? Greeted us with a smile. She was happy to take pictures with us and everything. Like, and just in a great space. And honestly, Vince, too. Well, Vince, that's that's a one-off. I had a great experience with meeting Vince. How long did you talk to him? Obviously, it was a few minutes because he had shit to do. Yeah, well, for a few minutes, you can't. But he, not like, he is somebody who takes pride in his fans. Like, I just asked to take a picture. He could have did just like everybody else just stood next to me and whatever, fake smile. That's all him. Yeah. That's all him. Like, that's... That was a lot of it was a lot of fun meeting Vince. Mm-hmm. So I mean, say what you want about his business practices, his oh. booking decisions, but my experience meeting the man himself it was it was a great experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't begrudge you for that. Of course. Uh, the late great American dream, the Thirothe. You have to talk with, with the you gotta talk with the list. Oh, and watch that FCW documentary. Okay. I'm like I'm almost done with it and I'm actually I'm enjoying it. It's on the network? Yeah. Yep. Oh, speaking of wrestling documentaries, you know the the Dark Side of the Ring by Vicelands? Ooh, out? can't wait for that. Yeah, season two, man. I know they're gonna cover the Crispin Wah story. That's the first episode and it's a two hour special. I don't know if I wanna revisit that shit again. Oh, I'm ready. Hey man, I hope Get that review going. Where can you find Viceland on? It's a, it's a channel. It's a channel on YouTube. No, or, or it's a, a. Oh, an actual TV channel. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, don't know. You got Verizon, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know it off the top of my head, but I'll find a way to catch it. I know that I know that they're this season. I think they're covering Dino Bravo. Dino, yeah, Dino Bravo is gonna be one. Oof. The Brawl for All, which is gonna be a good laugh. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Bart Gun and Butterbean WrestleMania 15, boy. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, and D- oh, something to wrestle. They did your boy, Val Venus. Oh, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Good. Val Venus is one of those guys with like the gimmick outshine the character. Yeah. And a gimmick like that has such a ceiling, but he made it last. He did. For as long as he did. Kudos to him. Yeah, former Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. Yeah, that was as high as it was gonna go. Yeah. Oh yeah, and they oh, and then the innuendos and then like the puns that they use. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. It was like, did you really want to put the di- like even Conrad asked, he's like, "Did you really want to put the strap on a porn star? Get it? Strap on a porn star? I'm like Jesus, huh. I'm sitting there dying." <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, Gabe Jackson says that Jake the Snake probably won't get any mentions from WWE either. Oh yeah, yeah. The subjects uh, they didn't put him in no particular order. I'm sorry. Owen Hart, Chris Benoit, New Jack, Dave Schultz, Jimmy Snooker, Road Warriors, Dino Bravo, Herb Abrams, and the Brawl for All. Wow. That's a good. That's a good that's lineup. A good lineup, yeah. Oh, I yeah. can't wait. Can't wait. And I know the new. I don't. I know the new Jack one's gonna be. Is gonna be like oof, that motherfucker should have been in prison long ago. That motherfucker's a psychopath. Yeah. Yeah. What I heard, yeah. 
Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, I mean, not to you know, not to speak ill of the dead, but you know what? You know, you know he did that shit. You know he murdered his girlfriend. Yeah, I don't know the whole story, so I I'm, I can't comment on it. But so I'll wait yeah. until like the documentary goes on. Yeah, goes up, and then and, I'll give my opinions on it. Yep. And and you know about the story of Dino Bravo? Yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, he couldn't get away from that life. He he's he got caught up in that lifestyle. Yeah. Well, from um, the from his WWE lifestyle, but then after that, he had to come up with something fast just to keep up with it. Yeah, like I was listening to um, uh, Solid Monster Sounds Off, and he mentioned he mentioned the upcoming episodes of Viceland, and he did he did talk a bit about the Dino Bravo story. He mentioned how when how Rick Martel actually tried to go to Pat Patterson and said, "Hey, yo, can you put us together in a tag team?" Because Rick Martel knew what was going to happen, like. As soon as, like, he didn't know that he was going to die, but he knew, like, he was going to, like... He was going to get into that life. Yeah, if he... Because he would have nothing to do. And Pat Patterson was like, nah, sorry, we have... We're not interested in putting you in a tag team with him. And, yeah, man, that's... That's fucked up. Can't wait, can't wait. All right, you ready to wrap this up? Yes. I'm coming off of two overnights. I'm tired as fuck. <laughs> yeah, man. I hear that. So, yeah, we'll we'll wrap it up here. Uh, we'll, t- we'll wrap it up like Dave Chappelle skit. Um, you can find us, you can find all of our episodes on Facebook Live every Tuesday um, around 8-ish on, on Facebook. You can find our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. You can hit us up with that five-star review and Google Play and wherever podcasts are searchable. Yes. Um, also, the episode that I was on with, of um, Let's Chat with Chris Rebel will be up, I want to say, Thursday morning. I think he just texted me for Thursday. It was supposed to be tomorrow, but I think it's going to be Thursday morning. And sometime this week, I want to say Thursday, Mm -hmm. me and Brian's going to book some crap. Okay. So I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Looking forward to that too, man. Yeah. And with WWE, there's no shortage of that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we'll say this Friday, happy birthday, Kyle. Greatness. Greatness. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So once again, thank you all so much for watching and thank you for listening to another episode of the Codex Prime Podcast. Be sure to tune in next week for episode 196 on the road to episode 200. So uh, we'll we'll come up with something uh, between now and then. Uh, in the meantime, be sure to be sure to do the Codex Prime Literary Challenge. At least th- read at least three books by March thirty first, um, and post your books that you've read on your social media uh, page of choice with the hashtag Codex Prime Literary Challenge. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for watching and listening. And as always, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.